You're able, would you please stand for reading of God's word? From the prophet Isaiah, chapter 42, beginning in verse 1. Isaiah writes, Behold my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry aloud or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break, and a faintly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or be discouraged till he has established justice in the earth, and the coastlands wait for his law. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Who would you choose to come to your rescue? Who would you choose to come and save you? If you were at the end of yourself, backed into a corner, with nowhere else to go, no one else to turn to, who would you choose to be your rescuer? If you found yourself in bondage, enslaved, oppressed, if you found yourself surrounded on every side, who would you choose to be the savior of the world? You would probably choose a hero, a champion, a warrior, a king who would come with a sword in his fist. Today there's probably images of these great heroes, comic book heroes even, superheroes with these powers and strengths that would come and somehow rescue people who are in need. This image and these things that shape our imagination of these great conquering warriors that would come and rescue us go back far ahead of any kind of comic book character or movie or novel. You can go all the way back to Greek mythology and see these great heroes. And you can go back even to the Bible itself. The people of God, God's own people, Israel, longing for some kind of hero, some kind of rescuer, some kind of savior who would come and give them freedom, who would liberate them. They expected a hero. God sent a servant. This week, this holy week, we slow down and we consider what God has done for us. Why we do any of this as the people of God? Because God sent a servant. We slow down because just like the people of Israel in the Old Testament and in Isaiah, just like them, we expect God to send someone else. And if we're honest this week, we spend our lives looking to the things of this world to be our rescuer when God sent a servant. And so each and every day, In these noon services together, we will look at what are known as the servant songs of Isaiah. 
four different hymns, songs written by the prophet Isaiah foretelling the great servant that God would send to save the world. And what we'll see together is that he is the one that we might least expect. We expect a conquering king, a king who would come with an army, yet God sent a servant, one who would lay his life down for you and for me. This morning, or this afternoon, as we look at the first servant song, I want to look at just the first verse. That's where I want to focus our attention together for just a few brief moments. Isaiah 42, verse 1. I want you to look with me, and the first thing I want you to know is that God's servant, God's chosen servant, is a delight to God's soul. Look with me, verse 1. Isaiah writes, Behold my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen, and whom my soul delights. These are the words of God through the prophet Isaiah. And so God is telling us what this servant will be like. The servant will be a delight to his soul. And what I want you to notice is the word behold. You see, in just the the verse prior to this one, in Isaiah chapter 41, at the very, very end, verse 29, that word appears, behold, except that is a much different meaning. You see, the verse prior to this one in Isaiah 41, this is what it says. Behold, they are all a delusion. Their works are nothing. Their metal images are empty wind. What is Isaiah telling us with that word behold? Well, in the chapter before this one, the prophet Isaiah is saying behold. In other words, look at. Look at these carved images. Look at these idols Look at these things made of metal. They are an empty wind. Their works are nothing. In other words, they can do nothing for you. They are all a delusion. In other words, what's going on here as we get to this first servant song is a rebuke against idols. Now, what is an idol? Well, in those days, it was a physical thing, a carved image so often in metal, a false god that the people of Israel were tempted to worship. Now, you and I don't typically have those anymore in our homes. It's not as if we are tempted to bow down to a carved statue made of metal. But the truth is, you and I every single day are tempted to worship other things than God. And what we need to begin to understand about our idols, these false gods, these things we are tempted to worship, is we're tempted to worship them not because they are shiny, not because they divert our attention, but because they offer something to us, something that every single one of us deep down needs if we spend long enough to think about our existence. You see, we worship idols because we think they will save us. Our idols serve as false saviors to us. And that is the thing that we have to begin to understand that is going on deep in our souls. 
we look to the things of this world not just because they are shiny, because we think they can do something for us that only the servant of God can do. And so Isaiah 42, verse 1, this first servant song, the prophet Isaiah, speaking the words of God, is moving from behold these idols that can do nothing for you to behold my servant whom I uphold. God's servant is unlike any idol that you and I might be tempted to worship. He is unlike anything that you and I each and every day turn to for our rescue. God's servant is held by him, chosen by him, delighted by him. There is only one kind of servant that fits that description one who would not just be used by God for our salvation, but one who is loved by God, God's own son. The other thing you have to understand about the context of Isaiah, not just for this servant song, but for all of them as we look at them this week together, is that when these were written, the people of Israel were in bondage. They were enslaved. They were held in captivity in the Babylonian Empire. They were looking for rescue. They were looking for salvation. And Isaiah foretells not only this promised servant that we're looking at this week, but another servant, a lesser servant. He tells of a king that would come, a lowercase k king, a pagan king named Cyrus. Cyrus would come and conquer the Babylonians and establish the Persian Empire. And in his rule over this great dynasty would actually bring favor to the people of Israel, even though he was a pagan. Cyrus would eventually allow them to go back to Israel and rebuild the temple in Jerusalem. And not only that, Cyrus would pay for it. And what you need to understand is that is the exact kind of liberator, the kind of rescuer that the people of God have so often been tempted to look to. The people of Israel were tempted to look to Cyrus as their rescuer because they thought that their problems here in this life, their physical issues were what they needed saving from. But they did not recognize that their issues were far greater and far deeper than any physical oppression. Because not only they were in bondage politically, moreover they were in bondage spiritually deep in their souls. And that is where you and I find ourselves this week. We are in bondage, we are enslaved to sin and we need a savior. We need God's chosen servant. And so the, the next thing I want you to understand about this servant, this servant was anointed by the Holy Spirit. I want you to look with me the second part of verse one. God says, I put my spirit upon him. What's fascinating about Cyrus is that in Isaiah 45, we're told that God anointed him. God anointed a pagan to free his people from physical slavery. That word anointed is the same word 
for Messiah. In other words, God used a pagan to redeem his people physically. So often that is where we stop. We stop foot short of what God has given us and we look to the blessings that he gives us in this life for our salvation when these blessings are meant to point us to a greater blessing and a greater gift. And so you hear God's people, they, they look to Cyrus when he was just a physical redeemer for their physical needs. What they needed was a redeemer who could come and save their souls. In college, I took a class called the Bible as Literature, and it was taught by an Orthodox Jew. He knew the Bible backwards and forwards. He was a godly man in a Jewish sense. He, he desperately wanted to worship God in his fullness. His only problem was that he stopped short at the foot of the cross. And I'll never forget coming up to him when we were studying Isaiah together as a class and asking him about the servant songs of Isaiah, taking him to where we will go at the end of this week on Good Friday to Isaiah 53 and the suffering servant and asking him, Prof, who is this then that Isaiah is talking about? The suffering servant, the one whose wounds heal us. Who is he talking about if it's not Jesus? And sadly, my professor said he's talking about Cyrus. Now, this afternoon, you might be wondering, what does that have to do with me? For some of you, it's the first you've ever even heard about Cyrus. <laughs> so you might be thinking, how am I tempted to look to a false king or a man named Cyrus for my salvation. You might not, and I might not look to Cyrus himself, but my question for you this afternoon and as we go into Holy Week is this, what Cyruses are you looking to as your savior? We are tempted to look to a champion, a hero, so often tempted to look at the blessings that God has given us in this life for our salvation and God has chosen a servant. One who came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. What are the Cyruses that are you looking to? What false saviors are you tempted to look to for your rescue? What kind of rescuer would you choose? God chose what is foolish in this world. He chose his own son, the great servant, to come not with a sword in his fist, but to die on a cross, to lay his life down for you and for me. This week, may we hear the invitation, the words of Isaiah, behold, the servant of the Lord. Let's pray, Father in heaven, we need you to open our eyes this week. This story and this cycle of idolatry has been going on in your people 
for centuries, for generations. And as we enter into Holy Week this year, we recognize that we are bringing with us so many idols with us. So many false saviors because we have so many needs. We bring those needs before you this afternoon. Our fears, our wants, our desires, our pain, our sadness, our grief. And we pray that this week you would turn our way, eyes away from the idols that we think might rescue us and fulfill our needs and our griefs and our wants and our desires. And would you point us to your servant, Jesus? We pray, Lord, that this week we would truly stop and behold him. And we would see what you have done for us through your son, your chosen servant who laid his life down for the world. We pray that you would show us these things even now as we take a moment in the stillness and silence to turn our eyes back to you. Would you do that Holy Spirit in us now? In Jesus' name, amen.